This is the Cash Value Solutions Podcast, where your hosts, Jason Polmeyer and Kyle Mann, shed light on little-known money truths to help you take control of your financial future and become your own banker. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and check us out at CashValueSolutions.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Cash Value Solutions Podcast. We have a technical one for you here today. What are we going to talk about, Kyle? Um, we're going to be going over the anatomy of an IBC policy. Okay. I think to do that for you guys, um, to have this make sense to you, we need to explain what a modified endowment contract is first. Also known as a mech. Yes. And so how I want to do that is uh, what a mech is, is a life insurance policy that doesn't enjoy the tax um, favored nature that life insurance has, okay? So with cash value life insurance, the cash value grows tax deferred. But when you do things correctly, you don't create a mech, meaning you don't create a mech, Mm -hmm. you can access that money tax-free with withdrawals um, up to cost basis or policy loans. Yep. Okay? Um, That is tax-free because we have not created a modified endowment contract. Mm-hmm. Now, if we have created a modified endowment contract, the cash value still grows tax deferred. But this functions very similarly to a qualified plan if we withdraw money from it. There is typically a 10% penalty for money that is taken out, whether it's withdrawn or through loans. Before age 59 and a half. Before age 59 and a half. And we have to pay taxes on the gains in the policy. Typically, this is not something that uh, younger people are going to want. Uh, a mech I'm talking about. Um, but we have written mechs for older people. Um, some people in their 70s. Because it fits their situation very well. Yeah, and the, the death benefit is still income tax free. Yes. Okay. So... Now to go a little bit further into the MEC conversation. There is what's called a seven-pay test. And every life insurance policy is subject to this. If you don't pass it, you become a modified endowment contract. So what that says is, in the first seven years, you cannot cumulatively pay more premium into the policy than what it would take to pay up, guaranteed pay up the contract. Okay, here's a numbers example because I think that's really hard to understand. Say we have just created a life insurance policy with a $10,000 MEC limit on it, okay? The seven pay test would say you can pay $10,000 into this policy, up to $10,000 into this policy in any year during those seven years. Now, you could do that as equal payments of $10,000 over all seven years. You could do that as a payment like this. Um, In year one, you pay $8,000. And in year two, you pay $12,000. And the rest of the years, you pay $10,000. Okay? That's fine. Because cumulatively, $10,000 in the first two years is $20,000. We only paid $8,000 in the first year, so we have the ability to go up to $12,000 in the second year because that still only equals $20,000. Yep. Okay? What you can't do if you don't want to create a mech is pay $12,000 in the first year and then $8,000 in the second year because you crossed 
the $10,000 mark in that first year. Yep. Hopefully that makes sense to you guys. It's about the easiest way of explaining this. <laughs> I'm sorry that is very technical, but um, you need that understanding for all this to make sense. So Yeah, so getting to the anatomy of the IBC policy, it's how we design them. It's made up of three parts usually. Base premium, paid up edition rider, and then a little bit of term. Yes. Um, paid up editions... Uh, they're called different things by different companies. Um, so you just have to be cognizant with whoever you work with to ask them what the paid up edition rider is. Yeah, each company has... There are no two that are the same. No, nope, they have different names for them and they have different ways that you can pay into them. Yes, flexibility, uh, funding limits. Everything is different with each company. But maybe we should really dive into the base premium first because that's really the foundation of the policy. Right. Okay. You want me to take that one, Kyle? Sure. Okay. So base premium on the policy is money that needs to be paid every year in a life insurance contract. Okay. Now, to give you a, a rough example here, this this all depends with age and health and things like that. But this, These are just examples to help you guys understand. If you pay $1,000 into a base premium, that may create $50,000 of death benefit. Now, you have to keep paying that $1,000 every year because that $50,000 of death benefit is not paid up. Mm -hmm. You need to continue paying for it because the life insurance company has given you the life insurance, but it still requires payments to them to keep it in force. Yep. Is that a good explanation, Kyle? Yeah, I think so. And- the range of what the splits have to be for, because there are companies that require a minimum base. Some of them, it's 10% minimum base of the policy. Some it's 25%. Sometimes it's lower than 10 or anywhere, you know, in between. Right. So it's, it's going to vary. And we can't just give a generic, like this is the right way to do it until we talk to somebody because it just varies so much between person to person. Yeah, structure cannot be the same for everybody, we don't believe. No. Um, to be optimal for them. Right. Okay. So base policy due every year. You need to keep paying on it because that death benefit isn't paid up. Um, one more thing to note. Dividends are paid. Like, say, okay, companies charge you for the worst case scenario to provide the guarantees in the contract. If their experience is better than that, it has been for over 100 years, over 150 years with some companies. They pay dividends. So of that $1,000, how that would be classified, the dividend is a return of some of that premium to you. Yep. Okay. Um, dividends are more favorable on base premium dollars than they are on paid up addition premium dollars. Yes. Okay. Um, do you want to take the PUA, Kyle? Yep. So we refer to it usually as the PUA rider, which is the paid-up additions rider. The paid-up additions rider is what adds flexibility to these policies. So what it actually is, is it's paid-up insurance. So you are buying many insurance contracts, essentially, that are completely paid up. And so really, they're many mechs. And we blend that with the base premium, enable or to be able to avoid mech status. Exactly. Um, 
it's also uh, important to understand, like Kyle said, it's paid up. So in a numbers example, like say $1,000 paid into the PUA rider, that may create, say, $3,000 of death benefit, okay? That $3,000 of death benefit is paid up. It has no more premium required from you. It's just paid up. That is why the PUA riders with some companies are flexible and they don't require payments every single year. Yep. Because you've already paid for the uh, death benefit that is associated with that mini policy. Yep. Okay. Um, Still important to remember, people will like to call this, um, this is like putting cash into your policy or uh, things like that. This is all these things are premium to the life insurance company and you should you should probably not enter into a life insurance policy if you aren't comfortable with the fact that this is all premium to the life insurance company. You need to understand that. Mm-hmm. Um the reason it's not okay to call that cash is because there's death benefit associated with it. You guys um to really understand and and uh become your own banker you know, we help you with this, but these are things that if you understand, you have less questions and are able to move faster. Yeah. Okay. Um, you want me to take the term insurance rider, Kyle? Sure. Okay. Uh, this is something that we can put on policies. We don't have to. Um, and this is also to explain this rider is why we explained what a mech was at the beginning of the podcast. Um, typically to create enough room inside of a policy to put money into the PUA rider or as much as we want to in it, we need to create more death benefit because your age and the death benefit of the life insurance policy have a direct relationship to what the modified endowment contract limit is or the seven pay test. Okay. The $10,000 example I gave earlier. So we attach these term riders to create more death benefit to bump up the modified endowment contract limit or the seven pay test limit so we can put more money into the PUA rider. Yeah, so we get your cash values up. Yeah, we sooner. boost your uh, short-term cash values and it also boosts long-term cash values. Um, Putting more money at work, earning interest and dividends uh, at uninterrupted compound interest. Exactly. Uh, term insurance is... Uh, a very cost-effective way to raise the death benefit so we can do this. That is why we will attach term riders to life insurance policies. Um, Also, I forgot to mention this when Kyle was explaining it. Um, He mentioned many policies, um, the single or the paid-up additions rider, the money that we put into those as many policies. Okay, that is completely true and accurate. Um, what you should know, though, is the company does not say after you've you know paid into the paid up additions rider say ten times that you have one policy with your base premium plus all these paid up additions um, that created many policies. Mm-hmm. They lump it all in as one big policy. Okay, it's it's simple for you to see. It's all yep shown as one policy. Yeah, and we we talked about the base premium has to be paid every year. And it does, as long as you want to keep paying the policy. But we can reduce pay up that um, 
after paying to a certain amount of time, whether it's four, five, six, seven, eight years, you know, somewhere in there, depending on company and person. Right. But you don't have to. We can reduce these up if, if you if needed. So let's explain that. What does reduced paid up mean? That means that no more premium is due to uh, to carry out the or the the policy has no more premiums due on it. Okay, even if you want to, you can't pay premium into this policy. How they reduce pay up a policy is say you have a a contract and you have say $40,000 of cash value in it, for example, they will look at how much uh, death benefit that $40,000 of cash value will create and reduce pay up the policy to that. It's guaranteed uh, to be no more premiums due. You can still earn dividends. You can still uh, with uh, withdraw and do policy loans with the policy. You cannot absolutely cannot add more premium to the policy once you do that though. Yep. So one way around that potentially is if you don't think you want to pay into the policy would be to do what's called a premium offset. That means the policy itself, the dividends and interest or excuse me, the dividends and any paid up insurance would be used to pay the base premium on the policy. Yep. And the term insurance. Probably. And then you could decide later on if you wanted to pay more money into it. Yes. Um, When you elect that premium offset, that's something that you don't have to elect for the entire life of the policy. You can change that in a year or five years or 10 years. You could even premium offset a policy and then decide, well, I'm sure that I don't want to put any more money into this. And then we reduce pay it up. Yep. Why do we do reduce paid up? It reduces a drag, I guess you could say on the policy. Cash value is going to grow a little faster um, than what it would with a premium offset. Drawback is you do have less death benefit in force once you, when you reduce pay up a policy. Yeah. The When you reduce pay up a policy, that is permanent. You cannot take that election away. And as I said earlier, no more premium can be paid into that policy. Can't be done. So it's not a light decision. No, that one is is permanent. You don't have to elect it at the beginning. Um, of the policy. It's just a non-forfeiture option with whole life insurance that you're given the option to elect if you want to. Mm-hmm. So, okay. We covered base, term, PUA riders. We explained mechs. Hopefully yeah. they understood that. Um, anything else that we should be covering on this? Nope. I hope you guys aren't completely glossed over. And <laughs> <laughs> so, um, there is one thing now that I think about it. Um, flexibility, um, with PUA riders, it's different with every company. Um, because it's paid up insurance, it has no more premium due. So that's why you don't have to pay into it. But some companies will reduce your ability to pay into that rider. If you don't use all your, say you have the ability to put $5,000 into the PUA rider and you don't use all of it. Some companies will reduce the amount that you can pay into it because you didn't fill it all the way. Um, some companies will allow you to add money into that whenever you want to. That's what we typically like because we just don't know what cash flows you're going to have. Yeah. Um, flexibility is huge. Flexibility Take stress is, off of this too. Huge. Um, it makes you feel more comfortable if you're going to, if you want to pay big premiums, it makes you feel comfortable that, Hey, I don't have to pay this big premium every year. Absolutely. If, I if you're on the hook for a $50,000 premium, 
it's nice to know that maybe only 10,000 of that or so, or 15,000 or maybe less than that is due every year, the base and the term. And you have the ability to put money into PUAs at your discretion when you want to. Yeah. So um, PUAs are huge though. They are what create the cash value inside of the policy. Uh, Initially, base premium does come back to work for you um, and create cash value. It just isn't immediate like it is with the paid up additions rider because you're paying for death benefit. There's continued premium due for that on the base premium. Sure. Okay. That's everything I have to add, Kyle. One last thing I'd like to add is all this technical stuff. I mean, this is a very technical podcast. And there's a lot that goes into making these IBC policies. So it's important that you guys use somebody who is infinite banking certified through the Nelson Nash Institute, not just any Joe Blow who sells life insurance and says, oh yeah, I've heard of the concept or I've read the book. Because more than likely, they don't they don't know all this information because they haven't been through the process of of the certification. Absolutely. And not only that, but just being around like designing these type of policies, like most most insurance agents just sell policies that are base premium. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is just what the industry has taught them. Yeah. This, this companies don't teach this um, designing policies for cash value accumulation typically. Not to say that they never do, but it's just not common. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's huge advice, Kyle. I mean, it is so important. You want to get this right the first time. You don't want to go and in three years regret doing this yeah because the policy wasn't set up right and it's not what you thought you were getting and we see cases where people talk about oh yeah this they gave me this infinite banking book and um i read it and then they set me up this policy and it is not an infinite banking policy no and then you're upset and you know it just leads to a lot of um resentment resent yeah so very important good advice kyle Yeah, so thanks for tuning in this week, and we will talk with you next week. All right, thanks, guys. This was the Cash Value Solutions Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Check us out at cashvaluesolutions.com. And don't forget to tune in next week.